Hello, friends. Welcome to the Still Untitled podcast. I'm Pierrette Mastumango. And I'm Boomi Adeoye. <laughs> and this is the podcast where we bring our DMs to life with all things pop, pop, pop culture. <laughs> and it seems that in this week of pop culture, things have been popping off. <laughs> Yes, indeed. And yes, we know we want to talk about that. But first, want to talk about shows that I don't know, like if I agree, that haven't been hitting as they should. I think they hit, but we'll get into that. The hitting is not a pun. And then we dive into Oscar fashion and give praise to some of the looks that were truly spectacular. And then we talk about, yes, the soft slap that was heard around the world. As we attempt to talk about this, we just want to say give us grace and give yourself grace as um, we unpeel the layers to this, this onion. But before we get to that, let's get into the shows we've been watching. So what do you mean shows that don't hit? Okay, everyone, I'm looking at Pirette's show notes. She, do, she does amazing show notes. Or are they show notes? Like, like just guidance. Just and um, Guidance. Yeah. And I don't know. You're like shows that are just not hitting. I should put, in my opinion. <laughs> dot, I, dot, dot. IMO. <laughs> for, the, for, the, for the youth. I am. <laughs> in okay. my opinion, okay. So these are shows that are on our roster because we kind of have a roster of shows, and I feel that Gilded Age. I really was like looking to be into it. I really was, and I think it took me like six sittings to watch like three episodes, really, <laughs> and then. Bridgerton, I was really excited. I posted. Wait, I have not. I have not finished yet. Okay, don't worry. I didn't finish either. So <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I'm, I'm I'm not going to give spoilers because I didn't actually finish it yet. But the so I can talk from the vibe that it's giving or slash not giving me. And really, you know, to be fair. Bridgerton season one, I it's not like I actually liked the first season of, of Bridgerton. What I liked was everybody talking about all the shenanigans that were going on in the show and how like You mean uh do you mean shenanigans or shenanigans? <laughs> all of this the the quote unquote sex shenanigans. <laughs> all of the sex. But really not even the, it's the, it's, it was how people were reacting to seeing sex on TV. Like they're like, oh my gosh, you know, and just like giggling. And it was like the conversation was really funny to me. And so I was here for that conversation again. Like that's what I, that's what I really came here for for season two of Bridgerton. This season's not generating that. So I'm not, I'm just left with like a period piece and that's okay, but it's, it's pretty, but I wanted more. What more did you want? You just wanted. I just wanted people to talk about it. (laughs) You're winking like you wanted more (laughs) shenanigans. (laughs) 
I feel like with Bridgerton, yes, I did have that anticipation. You know, I was like, okay, when is it going to happen? And in our DMs, I was like, are they just going to keep heavily breathing on top of each other? Like this, uh, uh, and then like tearing themselves away. And then I was just like, I feel like, I did feel like they're trying to generate this, this chemistry or this attraction or this pent up emotion. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not here for it. Like, I'm not feeling it like fine, but I do enjoy these shows like a Gilded Age, just jumping back to that. Some people would say it's a slow burn. I I'm say like, it's a slow burn. Some burn. people say it's a no burn. I don't but I, burn. <laughs> I'm not burning for it as that was a big, that was a big phrase in uh, Bridgerton, the first season. I burn for you. <laughs> I just feel like it's just enjoyable. Yeah. Like I'm not feeling stressed out about it. I know something light is going to happen. I know it's going to unfold. It's like a candy that you're just slowly enjoying and that's it. And it's not, it's like a Werther's original. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it's a Werther's original. And you're just like, Hmm, this is though, good. Werther's original. Like when you've not had one in a long time, you're like, yes, this is so smooth. So good. And you're saying that Gilded Age and Bridgerton are not smooth and so good? I mean, mm, <laughs> smooth is not the word I would use. I appreciate the costume design, the set design. I appreciate the beauty of it. And, and that draws me in and gets me to watch. And, you know, Gilded Age, where I left off, like there was a bit of story developing, but I just it took a long time to get there and I just don't see where we're it's not like oh I'm in suspense and I don't know what's going to happen I just feel like it's not pulling me to the end and that's what's disappointing right and I and I get that like I don't think it's not everything is for everyone so so I get that I mean for me like I said it's like I just want to be with the characters I just want to hang out a little bit I don't need, I, there's enough drama going on oh, in real life. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, this guy bought up the whole fair to, to defend, you know, his wife. I'm down. And he yeah. just did it in a way that was so elegant. I'm like, yeah, okay. And you know. can we say retroactive spoiler alert? <laughs> yeah. Retroactive spoiler alert. But it happened in season, like, I think in the, by the second episode or right. something like that. It's and okay. It, 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 yeah, and it happens so suddenly that you're like, what's happening here? You're like, oh, snap, this man has a lot of money. He's got money. He's got all of the money. <laughs> and it's true. It's okay for, you know, things to not be for everyone and also to watch things that just make you happy, you know, like that just are at, like low stress, you know. That relax you, and, like truly yeah. re- yeah. Like, why do I need to be on the edge of my seat, exactly. crying, sweating, yeah. like pacing? We already like, do that remember in real when, life. Remember when we were talking about euphoria and you're like, <laughs> I, 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 I can't. Exactly. And I was exactly. like, you know what? Based on your reaction, I also cannot. No, it, that it's, it's true. It's like, that's a whole other extreme where it's just like so dramatic. And for what? My mental health, my heart. No, no, thank you. But for me, the the things that uh, relax me and shows that I I just find myself like I need to watch are Top Chef, 
I love a good top chef. That's very stressful. You find it stressful. I find the creative juices, like creative uh, competition shows I love. So Top Chef is back and I'm into it. And then Project Runway already happened, but I'm watching it now. So (laughs) that also makes me happy and reduces my stress. Seeing other people create things. So there you go. Pirat, just know that everything to me is literally stress. <laughs> I'm like the competitions, the time when the time is counting oh, yeah. down, when Chef Ramsay or the, the whoever is screening, like when they can't get the sewing machine to work, I am like, oh my word, I cannot handle this. So <laughs> hence the reason why Gilded Age and Bridgerton yes. are my jams. Slow. Yes easy I'm like okay this is an there's an hour for me to to chill with this oh she showed her ankle wow (laughs) she showed her ankle that's as much as it's gonna give you (laughs) so speaking of so I know you love the period pieces and the costumes well let's talk about the costumes or not of not the, Oscars. the costumes. Did you see? <laughs> oh my okay, goodness. I said this to you. The yes. Tiffany Haddish thing where she's like, darling, this is not a costume. This is Dolce and Gabbana. And I paid for it. <laughs> Nobody has paid me to wear this. I paid for this. I have some goals that I need to reach. This is money. <laughs> Like, go off, Tiffany, tell her. And like the 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 reporter was like, oh gosh, time of death. Death right to my now. career <laughs> immediately. <laughs> and then she tried to come back and say, So tell me about like when are you writing a book? She's like, I already have a book. It's called The Last Unicorn. Go buy it. <laughs> it's like, just back in I felt for the journalist. I felt for the journalist. I'm like, you powered through because that was like, you know, she was, she humbled herself. She's like, yep. Okay. It's not a costume, (laughs) but let's talk about the other ones. So we were sending things. Well, you were sending things more than I was. And I was just like, well, I was sending you a lot of things about the thing we will talk about later because I, th- I feel like we're going to talk about it a lot but you were actually sending me quite a bit of outfits from I was I thought Oscars. that I wasn't yes yes I thought that I wasn't okay all right yeah. okay well you sent me the Dakota Johnson dress which was Gucci gang which is gorgeous but then I'm like oh why? Because we are boycotting Gucci. Like no, for that's a minute, Dolce we're... and Gabbana. No, the Gucci and Dolce and Gabbana. Really? Listen, we're, boycott- we're boycotting both of them. We ca- we can't even keep track of the cancellations. Oh, no, I did not. I cannot keep track. We can't even keep track of the cancellations. <laughs> so, I yeah. always thought it was like Dolce and Gabbana. Celebrities wear it, and all of the commentators or people are like. It's like, yes, you bought that, but like, we're not Dolce & Gabbana right now. I didn't know that we were also not Gucci. Like, it wasn't Gucci. <laughs> I'll send Gucci. it. I'll send that to you. Oh, my God. But that being said, beautiful dress. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful, darling. Beautiful, beautiful. beautiful. Bless was- them. Bless <laughs> them. And Tracy Ellis Ross in her oh red God. number with her boobies just covered with these red. I was just like, you know what? It's a little dangerous, but (laughs) I'm into it. I was really into it. I was into it because, so it was a red 
like mermaid tea length. I think this tea length, I'm not sure people will correct me. Carolina Herrera dress. Gorgeous. And it was a strapless dress with two circles, the boob area. The bosoms. The bosoms to really kind of just like cover the nipples, you know? It was a nod to the bosoms. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And I was into it because of how uncomfortable it made me, you know, as a person with bosoms (laughs) that are abundant, uh, you know, I would never, I couldn't, I would never picture myself to do that. And uh, I think now, no, I still wouldn't do it, (laughs) (laughs) but I think that she made a conscious choice, you know, and said, I'm comfortable in, you know, my body and I like this dress and we're going with it. And, and I think like I saw comments cause she had posted it to Facebook and I happened to be on Facebook and saw the comments and Facebook? people were like beautiful dress, but needs more coverage or like just to see how people were also uncomfortable with it. It just shows what people bring, like the judgments that people bring is more about themselves than about the person and so I loved that she wore it and that she was comfortable in it and you know made a statement I think being in her body to say I'm I'm good with this I don't need to cover up I'm comfortable like the dress fits and we've done all the things to hold it up so there's not going to be a nip slip and I don't think there was and I think took a lot of confidence to do that, especially in a time in areas like it's the Oscars and you should wear a very like regal and specific kind of dress. She chose to wear that. So I loved the choice that she made to do that. And I appreciated seeing the commentary as a reminder that other people might be uncomfortable with choices you make, but that's more about them than about you. Right. Yeah. I And I feel like Tracy is, has always been like adventurous in fashion, very comfortable mm-hmm. with her body. And if there was even a nip slip, she would have been like, oh, yeah. I'm just going to put that back in. Just not a big deal. And that's the fun of it. That's the joy of it. Let's talk about Timothy. I don't know. How to, I'm not his demo. I am not his demo. He's not your type like uh, Shane from Love is Blind. I just needed to bring that back. <laughs> so many people were like, "Booby, <laughs> really? <laughs> really? <laughs> no, Timothy is no Shane from Love is Blind. Well, that <laughs> now that we know the, where the bar is. <laughs> you, I feel like mark. you're roasting me a little bit. I feel like you're roasting me. But tell me, tell me about Timothy. Timothy well, was swearing. Is it Timothy or like seriously though? I want to know. I'm I'm truly not his demo. Well, neither am I. But uh, <laughs> but you appreciated I, what his outfit. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. In terms of his name, I believe it's Timothy Chalamet. Is how okay. they pronounce it. Um, and then he was wearing a. Uh, it was Louis Vuitton women's wear I just found I just found out I didn't realize that yeah and it was like this sequin cropped shoulder pad suit jacket women's wear jacket (laughs) that Mm -hmm. uh, was giving very much like MC Hammer 
Okay. All and right. With, like lace, black lace gloves. And it, it you're and giving a lot of grace to this outfit. You're giving a lot of grace <laughs> to this. Okay. You know, not everything mm-hmm. is for everyone. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Bringing that back. Um, I don't know. I appreciated it, but also his demographic really appreciated the fact that he didn't wear a shirt underneath. So maybe that's why people were really into it. It was more about like him being bare than the actual suit or what he was wearing. So I mean it's a little bit of both, right? Um, but I, I liked it. I It was pleasing to me. But the one that I actually really appreciated and people fell on both sides is I really like Jada Pinkett Smith's Jean-Paul Gaultier green dress. That was beautiful. I loved it. it I was, thought it was, I agree. I thought it was stunning. Someone said who didn't appreciate it that it reminded her of collard greens. So, you know, like there, there's, I love collard greens too. What's the problem? Mm -hmm. Um, no, (laughs) what's the problem? So (laughs) I I ate up this dress. I really, I really loved it. It was beautiful. It was regal. The color was rich. I, I, I love that it was like a zip up the front, like almost like a bit of a sports jacket in the in the front and she wore it so well I loved it I think it's how you own it as well kind of like with Tracy Ellis Ross it's like you get into it and you own it and I think the thing that is really important these are works of art in some cases you Mm -hmm. know so you're getting into a work of art so the feeling that they must have wearing these items of clothing it must just feel spectacular just be able to slip on an outfit like that and glide down a runway and have your hair and makeup and just the jewels done and just be like, I feel fabulous. Call me kale, call me collard greens, (laughs) call me a bag of spinach. I don't care. I'm good. That's amazing. (laughs) And just all the hours that go into making these pieces, I hope that when they wear these garments, they also wear those hours of craft, really. Enjoy it. And enjoy it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And wear that with pride and, and thanks that, you know, a lot of these pieces are handmade and just remember who put time into making that and I think that for celebrities it's it's fun and maybe some of them take this stuff for granted but I think that in our own daily lives we should have moments like that too like playing dress up is important and just take time and whatever your day your week and put on something that you love and just play and appreciate it Well, I think it can completely change your mood as well. And I think because we've been in lockdown for so long, I think sometimes we forget like just putting on a beautiful outfit or doing your makeup or doing like just putting in that effort. I think it has the power to lift your mood and change how you just move through, through the world. So I think when you put on an outfit like that, either one of two things happens, either the outfit will drown you or either you put on that outfit and you're like, I am going to carry this outfit and, and have, it's almost like you put on a persona, like the outfit, you put on the outfit and a persona and you're like, 
whoosh. This is how I feel when I, this is actually how I feel when I wear fringe. I'm like, yes. I feel flirty. I feel fun. I'm like, I want to shake it up, you know? I so love, it's I love so Boomy in a fringe. I oh, love Boomy in a fringe. Boomy loves Boomy in a fringe. <laughs> <laughs> and let's talk about um, Simu in this hot pink. I, is it fuchsia? I thought it was red. Is it red? I thought oh it was my gosh. red, like an O2. Oh my gosh, um, maybe I need Canada, to like. But maybe it's in that area. You know, okay, I'm looking, the... at it, I'm looking at it again because, oh my word. It was so good. It popped on the stage when Regina Hall, she did her bit about COVID testing and called up all the hot actors that she wanted to give her own personalized type of COVID test on the stage. And Simu Liu was one of them. And he went up next to other actors. I don't remember who they are. And because he was wearing the red suit, it just popped so, and it looks so good on stage. And I, I love like, right now I'm really into bright colors mm. and I loved seeing him in when black is such a typical color for men's suits him wearing that red Versace suit was very 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 good is there a necklace under it or a vest as there's well there's a or? harness under it oh, I was okay. trying to read details about it it had gold medusa buttons accented the single breasted jacket while his white shirt included a harness detail. Mm. The suit took roughly a hundred hours to complete according to the label. Two weeks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks, eight hours a day. <laughs> Thank you for breaking that down. <laughs> Two and a half weeks. <laughs> it was really nice. Really, really, really I agree. Nice. I agree. And he's, he's, you know, he's not, he's not uh, difficult to look at. Let's, let's, let's just say that. Bless him. <laughs> We're going to uh, add him to the list and maybe raise the bar. Listen, stop this slander against Shane. <laughs> <laughs> I will not be the Natalie in this situation. I will, <laughs> I will stop. You have ruined my life and I hate you. <laughs> Or whatever, whatever it was, whatever it was uh, that he said. Yeah. Now that we've talked about the outfits, there's the elephant that's in the room that shall we talk about it or shall we let it go? Well, I mean, I don't really, I don't really have that much to, to say about it. I think we were back and forth in, in the DMs a little bit about it. And I remember seeing the slap that was heard around the world and, and now um, it's like hashtag the slap. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, you know what? I wasn't even watching the Oscars. I'd fallen asleep on the couch watching Bridgerton, <laughs> not in a shady way, just I was tired. And I was just like, oh, like I could go to bed, but looks like there's 20 minutes, quote unquote, 20 minutes left of the Oscars. Let me just watch this because it was supposed to end at 11. Yeah. So I started watching at 1040. And then I'm sitting there and Chris Rock comes on. He makes a joke about Jada Pickett Smith. Will Smith gets up, slaps, I think a, a soft slap across the face. Because some people are like, punched him in the face. I'm like, no, no, no. It was an open-handed, gentle. 
Well, very controlled. <laughs> a very controlled. It looked like, like it hurt, but ah, it was. Controlled. You know when you know when you watch Looney Tunes and like I think Bugs Bunny is is slaps like I can't remember his arch rival on 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 Looney Tunes, but he slaps somebody. He's like, unhand me, sir, smack. <laughs> then they get onto it. So felt it felt a little bit like that, and then suddenly the broadcast goes silent. You could feel the energy through the TV. Uh-huh. Like you could feel the energy and. Bless Lupita Nyong'o because she, her face, I was just like, her face was my face. It was, was like, our oh, face. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Basically it was, it was Will Smith. Some people say overreacting. Some people say defending his wife, yelling at Chris, Chris Rock, like mm-hmm. don't keep your wife's name out of your bleeping mouth. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've had, uh, I've had, uh, discussions about it (laughs) (laughs) I actually had a lot of discussions around it it's interesting and also I have a lot of thoughts around Mm -hmm. it but Mm -hmm. the first thing is that this thing is very complex I feel and when people talk about it it's like they're myopic in their one view and Mm. they are right and everybody else is therefore wrong. And I yeah. think it's, this is an example of where we need to, it's okay to have conflicting, many ideas and conflicting ideas, and it's okay to change your mind. Yep. I think that people bring, again, like we were talking about Tracy Ellis Ross and people's comments on her dress. In this instance, people bring to it where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, it's more about them their commentary than about what actually happened. And I think people often for, like forget that. There's a lot of places you can go, but even as we talk about it, it's like, I don't have all of the answers. And just because I think one thing, you know, doesn't mean that like, I don't see the complexity or like the other side. So that's one thing in terms of when we talk about this, like bringing grace to it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I can go through the list of things. I I think I actually wrote notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are your notes? These <laughs> notes in my Apple iPhone phone notes. <laughs> I think for Chris Rock, people are either like violence is not the answer, and that's it, and he shouldn't have get, gotten hit, or he shouldn't have said what he said, and that was wrong. And and I think. For him, especially as like a comedian, you know, everybody has the right to feel safe in their work, you know, and, and the, the ability to, to do their work, either whether it's like physical safety or psychological safety. And, you know, I like to, I like to start there because most of my thoughts are like with Will Smith, but, mm-hmm. you know, no one wants to go to work and be afraid that they're going to be hit whether they instigated the situation or not right Mm -hmm. and um I think that everything from the moment Will got up to getting on stage and like going back to his seat that's where obviously I don't like anyone hitting anyone or hurting anyone but I was kind of into Will Smith disrupting the Oscars like the the idea of that and if he hadn't hit him I, I would have been like, okay, like, yeah, go in, disrupt this institution. Like who mm-hmm. is the Oscars? Like who is the Academy, right? And why do we uphold an institution that has done 
like has been quite harmful in and of itself too, right? So you have someone who interrupts the, the show and says, take your my wife's name out of your mouth and everyone stops and gasps. And I think I had messaged you like, oh, I wish he hadn't, I wish he hadn't like done this, but I know, and I texted you like, but I know this is my initial reaction. And I know that this is, says more about me than about the, what happened. And then the next morning I texted you, I'm like, yep, that was respectability politics kind of rearing its head in me. And I think that people are uncomfortable with the situation because it because of respectability politics and because it happened at the Oscars at the in front of the Academy. But him minus the the hitting, like him saying that and disrupting the show, it's like, yeah, go disrupt an institution that loves to uphold its health. You know, it's not okay to make comments about a person's appearance disparagingly. And you had a moment to say that and you took that moment. And so for me, that's where I was, I was okay with it because we're all, we always have these situations where we think in the face of injustice, in the face of racism, in the face of microaggressions, in the face of all these things, I am going to take a stand. And oftentimes it's really hard. And then we actually don't. You know, and then we just like, we let the moment pass, you know, and last week we talked about, well, why did, with Jane Campion, like, why did Serena not say anything? Why was she laughing? You know, why was she clapping? And it's like, that is usually the norm, right? So to see someone in all of the mess in like lack of eloquence and, and whatnot, say something to punctuate the fact that like, no, you've said something that is hurtful and you've made a comment on someone, on my wife's appearance. I was kind of okay with that, really, you know? So yeah, that, what do you think? I think, you know, there are a number of tools that are available to us when you encounter a situation where you're literally being disrespected. And I think there were many choices that could have been made that night um, when when that happened. I do believe in the violence of words. Mm -hmm. I truly, truly believe Mm -hmm. that. I feel like Chris was violent and Mm -hmm. has been repeatedly violent Mm -hmm. to to that family in his words. And, you know, the older I get, I I think about growing up this, this rhyme that we used to say, sticks and stones will break your bones, but names will never hurt you. And I'm just like, that is bullshit that they told us mm-hmm. growing up just to like keep the peace. To me, it's one of those things where it's just like, do I keep the peace for everyone else and be unsettled in my spirit? Yeah. Or do I actually do something that will be like, you know what? I'm free and I'm really clear on where I stand. And yeah. though, though Will Smith uh, apologized you know, like that's, that's up to him. And I don't see an apology coming from Chris, at least from what I've seen. And I think one of the things that you said is really true. How you view this situation is going to be impacted by where you are in your life, what your experiences are. And I think it's a, it's an opportunity to really search ourselves to be like, when you, if you are in that situation, 
how how can you handle that? And there's a lot of there's a lot of this this talk about well, we he could have talked about it backstage, or he could have yelled from his seat, or he could have done these all these things. He didn't do that. He could have, would have, should have. He did not do that. He chose this option to take it that way. And when we talk about safety at work, this was a work event for them. Mm-hmm. For everyone in that room, it was a work event. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to a work event, I think for a very long time, you know, and you said this so, you said this as well, like the Oscars itself is a violent institution that upholds many different types of violence. Mm-hmm. So when you're going to a work event, should you go to a work event expecting to be roasted, expecting to be attacked verbally? This is the thing. I think we have been become so used to this as a society that when somebody actually goes, you know what? And in a very definitive way, mm-hmm. because we're always expecting people to be like, be classy, be elegant, I'm not take things. It. I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying that you are, but I but think yeah. like the reaction has been literally like, you could have done this. And it's just like, no, enough, enough. Yeah. Ever since it's broader than this, but I think of when American Idol started and Simon Cowell came, came out and was like, he was the meanest, mm-hmm. the meanest of the meanest people, person telling people things about their bodies, about their faces, like forget even about the talent, just being like, no, you're never going to make it because of the, the way you look. Just disgusting things that we just yeah. are used to people just saying. So I am not saying that I condone violence, but I'm not saying that I don't. don't well, I, I'm saying I want to lay judgment and police how someone else's choices, yeah. because it was a choice and trust there will be consequences to the choices he made, you know, professionally, uh, the Academy is doing an investigation personally, he's going to be haunted by this for a long time. I, I, I don't think, think he should be, I don't think he should be, but I do and, think he's going to remember the fact that that happened, you know, whenever he looks at his award, it's like, it's also the night that he did this thing. You know? I don't know. I think you can also look at it be the night that he said no. Absolutely. Like sometimes I look back at the at 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 stuff where I put up with it, and I I bring it. I always bring it to personal level for me. Sometimes I look back at the stuff that I put up with, and I was just like, you know what? I've never regretted standing up for myself. And it's like maybe in the moment I'd be like, oh, maybe I didn't do maybe I didn't yeah. do the right thing, or maybe I should have done this. But never in my life have I regretted standing up for myself, for my family, or someone that needs that. Yeah. And so, th- yeah, mm-hmm. there was something you said that I, I also I wrote in my notes that you touched on. I find it's really toxic. This whole, like, well, you need to have a thick skin, you know, you need to be the bigger person. You, even the, the saying that everybody loves, and I actually have on a t-shirt, you need to go high when they go low. No, I, I, find, I never, ever subscribe to that. Yeah. I, I find that. Okay we say these things, but in, in reality, in the, in the context of the moment, when you add up a lifetime of doing just that, it's like, you can't uphold that forever. And what I saw in what happened when you think about Will Smith and like, he's an actor in the lineage of like Sidney Poitier and Denzel Washington being that like safe black lead actor that makes us feel comfortable everything that he's had to do in terms of 
not reacting to these types of aggressions coming his way over the course of 30 years, which he's even talked about in his book, you know, is like at a certain point when you continue to, to have a thick skin, eventually that skin hardens and cracks. And it's just, it's not feasible. It's not sustainable for, for people and for us. Um, and like you said, there's not any time that you get to stand up for yourself, stand up for what you believe in, you know, disrupt institutions that set, like that tell you, you should be a certain way. You, you, you're able to seek freedom, you know? And when I say he's going to be, um, haunted by this, I should should more so say like, he's going to remember this for, for a long time. And so whether he feels proud about it or, or not, like it's the fact that he, he did it and he has to be okay with that. And what I bring to it, my stance on it, or what I bring to this judgment of it is like really that focus on the ability to disrupt things that have that are not okay with you, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And that's, I think that's the key piece. Like Will is going to be fine. Chris is going to be fine. They're all going to be fine. But I think what this brings up, it's exactly what you said. How do we want to move through our own lives? How do, like, I love that. How do we want to disrupt? How do we want to be ready? Because when we talked about Jane, Jane Campion and what happened at the BAFTAs to the Williams sisters, it's like, we always got to be ready. And that was what, and Will was ready, you know? Um, And I think, you know, it's one of those things now too, when, whether you're in a work scenario, whether you're at the grocery store or, um, you know, whether, whether you're on the street or on the subway or whatever, how are you going to make sure that you are standing up for yourself? Mm -hmm. And it could be anything from using your voice to violence, because there is a point where enough is enough. Like, come on, mm-hmm. like, this is not, I think we downplay the impact of like repeated negative actions that happen to us. Yeah. You know, so I think it's opened up an interesting conversation. I will say that how people look at it, they're telling on themselves a little I, bit. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I absolutely agree with you. And I, I think that one piece of that is people are embarrassed. You know, the whole, like, let's not see two black men do this on this stage. It's more like we're embarrassed, not because it happened, but because it happened on that stage, right. In front of this group of people. And I, I saw that in a lot of commentary about it. And it definitely shows, I agree with you that people were telling on themselves Mm -hmm. Well, I was, I was at, I'm part of a book club and we had an emergency book club meeting about, (laughs) (laughs) about this. And, um, uh, one of the, one of the people, um, in the, in the emergency book club meeting had said, you know, it maybe, maybe would have been understandable if it happened at the BET awards or like another, you know, like something like that. But the fact that it happened at the Oscars, I think she was just saying rightfully so that it just brought like a heightened awareness to it because it was like this, this high class institution that this, like this happened at. And I think that's part of the reason why it's just been. But like, who is the Academy anyways? It's like, I picture it just like a crotchety group of like, 
crotchety people. I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't like, who are we embarrassed that this happened in front of? They're just human beings, right? Who, why should we be more, if it was going to happen, why should it not happen in front of these people? Why are they more important? Because they're the Academy, please. No, I don't, I don't Listen, know. I, just... I, I feel you. I feel like I feel all of that. I, 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 and I think the key thing that you said here is like, as time moves on, um, you, we, we have time to reflect yeah. and we may change our mind about, you know, about the situation. We may change our mind in our moment about, in a moment about how re- we react to things as well. And you know what? Sometimes you catch people on a good day and sometimes you catch them on a bad day. And that's the danger. That mm-hmm. is the danger. Like mm-hmm. you're just going to get, you're going to say something one day to someone. If, if you have that kind of, mm-hmm. if you, if you have that kind of attitude, if you're a person that says controversial things, or if you're a person that thinks they're joking, but actually you, you have a, a, a sort of mean spirit, spiritedness in your jokes, mm-hmm. one day you're going to catch the right person on the right day or the wrong day, depending on how you you look at it. Yeah. (laughs) So stay ready. (laughs) Yeah, stay ready. So last but not least is quirky question. And so Mm -hmm. this one, I'm just going to put it out there. What is one thing about social media that you struggle with? I spend too much time on it. And what does that do for you? It means I'm not doing other things. I'm not going outside. Yeah. I'm not, um, I'm not talking to my friends. I'm not uh, making a movie, whatever it is. I'm not doing that thing. So it's one of the things that I really do try and um, I do work hard to regulate. And I yeah. think I could stand to spend less time on social media. I do have to say, um, I pretty much stopped going on, on Facebook. Yeah. Um, I think that's a lot of people. Yeah. I do have to, I do have to quote, use social media for work and try yeah. and be aware of what's going on. But I think, um, I think I could stand to, to be on it less. I could read a book instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The habit of like, wake up and scroll, or there's a lull in whatever in time and what you're doing and we log on kind of thing so for sure that makes sense so for me it's a little bit uh and obviously I knew the question so I I knew the answer was going to bring it's a little bit deep is and I've been thinking about this but uh a little bit dark Hmm. I kind of struggle with social media with um death on social media and Hmm. finding out you know, you, you log on and you find out that someone's passed, you know, or it's like a celebrity so, or just someone you don't know, or it is someone, you know, and of late, I feel like social media is a bit of an obituary, <laughs> you know, and I struggle with that because you have that um, grieving that you feel every, even whether you know the person or you don't. And, uh, I've been sitting with that for a little bit. Like I kind of don't want to come to social media because of, of that, you know, like even someone like Bob Saget passed away and you're like, man, like I used to watch full house and that was a part of my childhood. And uh, yeah, I, I do. Str- I find I struggle with that 
a little mm. bit. I don't know if um, you notice or you have that, but that's one thing with me that I uh, deal, I'm dealing with right now. I do have that. And I, I try and steal myself against it. I don't want to be close hearted about it, but I also, um, I want to self-regulate a little bit because I didn't know the people in the way that their family and friends mm. knew them. Mm-hmm. And, and it reminds me that, um, I need to be really focusing on my own family and friends and the people that are around me and showing the love that I have for them because I'm it's, it's energy. You're just, it's all energy. So you can spend that energy on things that are actually going to serve you in your life yeah. or spend that energy. Um, and I'm not saying it's wrong to mourn those people because they do, they, they have been woven into our lives in some way, but with social media, it's like in, it's like a, this wave of grief, global grief that is yes. in your face. And that's sometimes when you're like, you know what? I got to log off because yeah. this is not real life. This is not my life. Yeah. And you can't, there's a certain threshold, like because everyone is on the internet and everyone's on social media, it's, you know, it comes from you from all ways. And so grieving, or even for a brief moment, having that moment of grief multiple times, you know, in a day or in a week or whatever, all of that adds up. And so what you were saying about spending too much time on social media and being able to log off and, and being aware that you need to log off, I, you know, I think I need to bring that to, to this respect as, mm-hmm. as well, um, because we're always trying to maintain and save and, and uphold our mental health, <laughs> you know, and yeah. this is one of those areas where I'm like, yep, nope, that's not good for me kind yeah. of thing. So, cause I feel very deeply. And even if it's someone I didn't know, you just like start to think about them and they're and then you're like look, scrolling through their things. And you're like, they're not here anymore. And it's just like discombobulating. Cause you see all of, you see them on their social very, uh, in times where they're very active and you have that moment of like, but they're not here. So that's a piece where I'm like, yes, I need to log off, but, um, yeah, that's, yeah. those are the things. <laughs> those are the things. Those are and the things. I think that this is our episode. Thank you so much for listening. We can't wait to do it again. It would mean a lot to us. If you leave us a review, subscribe or share this on social media <laughs> after. <laughs> Why are you giggling? You're like, and maybe, you know, no, like, I'm giggling you know, because we just talked it. about what we struggle with on social media. And then now I'm asking people <laughs> to share this on social media. So that was, but you know what, like laughing. It, for me. it's, it's also like share it because sh- I do feel like we do try and give good energy and good vibes and things like that. So part of being on social media is self-regulating and picking and choosing what you want to have come into your orbit. So we hope that you do want to have us in your orbit and we hope that you do share it so that other people can be in this orbit of positivity. Positivity, that's so nice. So on that note, we're going to say toodaloo, as they would say in Bridgerton or the Gilded Age. Bye-bye. Ta-ta. Ta-ta. <laughs> Au revoir. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>